This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. clear when you're a guest in my home you gotta come to me empty-handed I said no gifts your presence is present enough and I already had too much stuff so how do you dare disobey Welcome to I Said No Gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. I hope you're doing fine. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're not in a rush to get anywhere or chasing after a bus or anything like that. That would be terrible. I didn't get a, an enormous amount of sleep last night. I woke up with a numb leg and, you know, how that goes. The terror that you're going to have to have it amputated in the morning. Um, But everything's fine now. I'm drinking a little bit of coffee, I'm relaxed, I've got my slippers on, and I'm so, I mean, I'm just so happy about today's guest. Just a wonderful beam of light, Jen D'Angelo. Welcome to I Said No Gifts. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Jen, how are you? You look, you're, I mean, right before we got into this, I mentioned that uh, you've got this beautiful window with a tree outside it. So it's very a pleasant scene to look on. Oh, thank you so much. Um, this is a new window, which I told you <laughs> right before we started. And then I demanded uh, that you keep the rest to yourself until we began recording, because this is also a window podcast. <laughs> yes, I'm glad that I can finally shed some light on the window issue that <laughs> you've been go. meaning to discuss. For many yeah. episodes. So, yeah, this is, it's all been building up to this. I promised listeners, episode one, that we would get into window installation, and we finally made it here. After this episode, there'll be nothing left to look forward to. So, <laughs> now, when you say it's a new window, does that mean that wall was formerly just a wall, and then they had to cut a hole in it, or was it a bad window, and this is now a good window? Uh, there were two bad windows that have been replaced by one large good window. Oh, and probably uh, ener- energy efficient. Yes. Uh, previously, the windows were very old, single pane windows. So it was like having no windows at all. Right. Uh, the sun would come straight through them and burn <laughs> us. <laughs> oh, no. Would it actually burn you? <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, no. We. It was a thing. We've lived in this house for five years. Uh, and the entire time we've known we've needed to get new windows. And we finally did it right before quarantine. So oh, great timing. Great. Beautiful. For us. Uh, but yes, it used to be a thing that you could not sit in our uh, living room from about four o'clock until the sunset. <laughs> oh, no. 
That's where you would would just just bake your dinner, just place it in front of the windows and you're ready for dinner. Yes, exactly. So in that sense, it was energy efficient. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What was the final straw? Was it just we're tired of burning or we've got to get in there between the dusk hours? Uh, Yeah, it really was. We were tired of burning. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There was uh, last summer, I think uh, there was like a really bad heat wave and it was horrible. We were like, we really should make it so that we have at least minimal insulation so that (laughs) we can combat this. Wow. And was there a lot of research into the windows or was it just you contact 1-800-WINDOWS or www.windows.net and they just tell you which one to get? Well, Bridget, let me tell you, I think www.windows.net is a great business idea because (laughs) to my knowledge, that doesn't really exist. Uh, I'm an early investor. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad we can come to a business agreement. I wonder what (laughs) windows.net leads to. I hope I'm not promoting some sort of, you know, dark web website that uh, leads you into some sort of horrible black market or something. Oh, yeah. This is how all your listeners become radicalized. (laughs) Windows.net is a deep, dark secret. (laughs) (laughs) I finally revealed Windows.net. I have to imagine that maybe that was purchased early on by Microsoft, but you can't, you can never tell. And does anybody have a .NET anymore? That's the real question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, now you can have dot anything. So oh, that's why would right. you go for .net? Yeah. Unless you wanted to, you know, have a .net of windows.net for example or bridger.net. I don't know if that's taken, but I'll I'll obviously be looking after the podcast. Do you, Do you own any uh domains for your name? I don't. I recently looked into it and uh because uh I have an S corp and the name of it it I actually don't know if I should reveal it because I don't want someone snatching up the uh, domain name, but it's, uh, oh, jeez. Oh, it's Windows.net. It's, Windows, <laughs> it's Microsoft Windows 95.com. Um, no, it's a uh, the name of a defunct company that went out of business in about 2008. And when I formed this corporation, I just, you know, they ask you for names and I threw the name out to whoever did this for me. and thinking there's no way that I'm going to get it. And now I'm the president of this company. I, I can't, I re- I'm going to reveal it. It's Mervyn's. I'm the president of Mervyn's Inc. now. And uh, so I've been trying to get into the domain name game. And if somebody buys it before me, you know what? Good for you. I, I, I can't tell anyone what, what to do with their life. Scoop. It's this a hot scoop. This is breaking news. I now am. <laughs> Finally revealed. <laughs> the leader of Mervyn's. Uh, are you familiar with Mervyn's? No. Mervyn's is a, or was a department store kind of along the lines of a JCPenney or a Kohl's, but it was more of a, where did you grow up? Uh, Right outside Philadelphia. Okay. So this was, Mervyn's was largely uh, Midwest, West Coast. Um, I think they had a few locations on the East Coast, but for the most part, they stuck it out here. Then eventually they rebranded as Mervyn's California, I think as an, 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 attempt to make it cool or not oh, feel no. depressing and it uh ultimately didn't work and I, I think that maybe target swallowed them up but oh. now uh, it's re-emerging mervyn's is now mine and i hope that you're I mean, reclaiming i hope that they don't come after me i mean i don't even know who would come after me at this point the company went out of business 12 yeah. years ago 
But uh, I like the idea of just slapping California on something to make it cool. <laughs> right. In some ways, that's what I did. I moved to California and made that my personality. <laughs> <laughs> you became Jen California. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm now Bridger California. We're sunny. We're beachy. We're yeah. you know hitting the surf. Is that what you say? Uh, surfs up. <laughs> we're surfs upping for sure. We're getting sunburned in our own homes and that sort of thing. Do you have a core? Corporation? So I had to incorporate very quickly. And right. um, I had always wanted it to be a skeleton because I was thinking that if I ever have a title card, it'll be a skeleton walking across the screen and then he trips and falls and his bones spell uh, out skeleton. Oh, I love and that's that. That's my title card. <laughs> kind of like those old like Disney cartoons where the skeletons are playing xylophones and yeah. that sort of thing. Oh, I love that. But I'm and sure I'm it was just taken. a fan of, well, yeah, I mean, I'm just a fan of skeleton humor in general, also. So that was important to me. But uh, when I told, when I gave the accountant like a list of names, I was like, I, I'm interested in skeleton, and he went, "What?" And I immediately backed off. I, <laughs> the slightest questioning, I was like, "Oh, is it weird?" Um, what a so deeply I, unfun accountant. Oh yeah, he's very unfun, and we had a lot of issues. He and I. He's no longer my accountant. Good. Yeah, I've. Uh, I mean, I think if I ever have a title card, and this will be some really murky legal territory, the dream would be the Mervyn's logo. Uh, so it just looks like the comp- the whatever television show or movie was produced by this uh, discount department store, and it'll just I mean, cheapen whatever really my work is, no matter what. <laughs> Everything will just suddenly feel like it was uh, some sort of uh, sponsored content by Mervyn's or Mervyn's California. But uh, you never know. And I mean, there's a good chance my career falls apart way before I get a title card. So, you know, yeah. or maybe Mervyn comes crawling out of the grave and sues me into oblivion after this podcast. <laughs> Have you had a limb go numb in the middle of the night? Um, actually, last week I woke up this is slightly different, but I woke up with a very bad elbow pain. Oh, yeah. What was but it that? was because... Well, uh, I hate to brag, but I've been working out. (laughs) (laughs) And I think my elbow was just a little bit sore from having done just a a bunch of bicep curls with a five pound free weight. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it. Is that is that what's known as tennis elbow? So I did some early morning Googling right. uh, to find out what that was. And I thought that it might be tennis elbow, but uh, tennis elbow apparently takes a long time to heal. And this oh. went away in a matter of days. So I think it was just... Your elbow sore. was just... your uh, It's jacked now. And so it was just kind yeah. of building <laughs> up. So jacked. You've got these incredible I elbows. Also, I was alarmed because it was just one elbow. And I thought if it was because of the weights, it would be both. Right. And... I couldn't really straighten it. And so then I was talking to my husband and I was like, and look, I can straighten this one. And then when I straightened my other one, that one started to hurt. So I was like, well, <laughs> and they just both hurt now. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm glad you're working out. I mean, I don't mean to brag, but I think my pain is also from working out. I think we're all wow. trying to work out at home with no guidance or anything. And we're just slowly destroying our bodies. We're just hurting ourselves. What kind of workout have you been doing? I've, uh, um, well, I've already actually, uh, I'm now just going to become a shill for this product uh, because I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's a a video game called Ring Fit Adventure, (laughs) which is, uh, it's like a, a yoga ring that you attach your video game control to 
then you also like strap a thing around your leg that you put another video game control into <laughs> and then it like leads you through these incredible exercises i don't know what to tell people it worked i mean it's worked up until the point that i thought i'd have to have my leg amputated uh, <laughs> but you know you're like you're uh squeezing this ring you're doing squats you're running in place you're uh doing uh putting your knees high in the air uh, and it's incredible wow. and it's very uh it doesn't quite feel like working out I mean, it's still exhausting and you're sweating and stuff, but you're not like uh, in agony. So, but now it's led me to, down this path where I'm afraid for my life. And let's just be honest. Yeah. I could. The I could agony just comes later. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, but I am uh, because I have nothing else to do with my time. I'm working out and that sort of thing. What are you doing with your time? That's a great question. I'm also playing some video games. Oh, what are you um, playing? I mean, Animal Crossing, although oh, of I've course. sort of come off of that. Uh, there's this game called uh, Katamari Damacy. Damacy. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. That's a uh, that classic I guess it's an game. old game, but right. I just have is new to me <laughs> <laughs> it's delightful you just you're just essentially rolling a little ball around that gets bigger and bigger as it collects objects yeah you're just cleaning up the whole little world by <laughs> sticking it to your ball <laughs> it's so great it's so soothing yes and then um, there's like the kind of the uh king that you have to report to who's he's always very disinterested in you right and he's never vaguely satisfied. gay um <laughs> A wonderful character. I have a postcard of that video game on my uh, refrigerator, which I've had since pro probably 2005. Oh, wow. So it's a very valuable postcard. If anyone breaks the into my apartment. refrigerator or the postcard? <laughs> this refrigerator is gorgeous. It was begrudgingly purchased by my landlord when I said I wouldn't move in without a refrigerator. So they bought some... This refrigerator probably cost $150. And it is... <laughs> It's literally. It sounds like a little monkey is in there grinding away at this point. We've. I, it's on its last legs. So, oh. if you come into my apartment, do not steal the fridge, but look at the postcard. That might be worth <laughs> something. I don't know what to tell you. Um. Okay. So you're playing Katamari. I think it's Damacy or Damacy or sounds... D A M A C Y. Whatever that means to you. <laughs> so is this occupying uh, a lot of your time? I mean, sort of. I am also, uh, you know, writing right, when right. I can um, and baking a little bit. I've Ooh, been baking. What are you baking? Um, I have baked scones a couple times. Ooh, what? Uh, just plain scones, cranberry. What? What are we talking about here? I did some plain, some blueberry. Oh, delicious. And yeah, but it was a real chain of events because I... <laughs> I basically, I made a pavlova. Okay. Uh, I don't know what a pavlova, which... I just nodded and acted like, I heard <laughs> the word, but I can't pick, I cannot connect the word to an image. So please tell me what this is. I was also, I was, I was the same way. I was like, I think I know what a pavlova is. And then when I saw what it was, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's a meringue. It's essentially like a meringue pie crust. Oh, uh with whipped cream and then berries oh that sounds lovely it's so good uh and so i made one of those and so since it's meringue you only need egg white right so then i had leftover egg yolks uh and then you can use those to make 
lemon curd. So I did that. And then I was like, well, now that I have lemon curd, I need something to put them on. So I'll bake a scone. So that's sort of how I've been. Wow. What a occupied wild my time. chain reaction you set off. Yeah. Usually if I have leftover things, they just go to waste. They get left in the back of the fridge until they're done. And then, but you've got like three items out of all of this thing. Yeah. Was that and over then, the course, course of scones? caused a tsunami and And you've wiped out a continent at this point yes exactly (laughs) thousands and thousands are have lost their lives let's hope that this doesn't uh this episode doesn't air the day of a giant oh god yeah which you know feels right in line with this year so who knows we're looking at mid-september for this episode i don't know if that's tsunami season or not but uh you never know yeah you can't you never know unfortunately I feel like everything that's said on this podcast eventually becomes true, so there may be some destruction on Jen D'Angelo's hands. Well, I mean, sorry, everybody. I guess that's all I can say. <laughs> Jen, I, I just to, wanted to make a joke. I, I have to ask, is there any relation to the Golden State Killer? <laughs> Jose, I, I've been watching the documentary. Uh, obviously, his name is Joseph D'Angelo. You obviously have a He doesn't have the apostrophe. So there's a chance you may have, you know, ch- a family changed to avoid the negative press. Is that what's going on here? <laughs> Uncle Joe. Um, <laughs> uh, I when so I had read uh, Michelle McNamara's book. Right. Um, and uh, yes, I was also uh, just just very scared by the golden state killer in general and so yeah when they caught him uh it was so exciting it was like oh they finally found him and then when i saw his name i truly was just like you've got to be kidding me (laughs) (laughs) there's no other (laughs) i feel like d'angelo rarely uh comes up uh (laughs) it's not a very particularly common last name right uh but yeah, I, I, we at least have the different spelling. Which, right, different spelling. Was yeah. there any discussion within the family? Like, can you believe this or have you all just shied away from this horrible truth? <laughs> yes, we're all just running away from <laughs> uh, facing the reality that he is somehow related to us distantly or otherwise. <laughs> well, uh, D'Angelo is obviously an Italian last name. Yes. Are you a strong Italian family or is it, would you just, you know... It's the distant relatives. It's very distant, which is very sad for me. My so my uh, dad's grandparents both came from Italy, okay. uh, and they came over when they were teenagers, and then they lived in Philadelphia. Uh, and then my dad's dad uh, just became super waspy. And oh, sort of shed interesting! All Turned his Italians. back on the Italians. Yeah. Oh, and he would uh like bring us cannolis. Oh. <laughs> but that was sort of the extent of the Italian heritage. <laughs> are you are you working to embrace your Italian heritage or is this podcast going to be an awakening for you? <laughs> um if anything this podcast is encouraging me to turn away from it, to shun it forever. <laughs> um, I have been working to embrace it. I really want to go uh my great grandfather is from Bari. Okay. Uh, which is southern Italy. Right. And I really want to go there. It looks very pretty. Head to Bari. Um, yeah. B-A-R-I? I mean, whenever we're allowed to travel again. Yes. Bari Weiss. Not to mention, <laughs> yeah. not to bring up old Barry on this podcast. 
another person no one wants to be associated with. Um, I don't know why I'm yes, bringing it My heritage is Barry Weiss and Joseph D'Angelo. <laughs> Those two people made me who I am. Match made in heaven. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm bringing up some <laughs> negative names on this podcast, and I, uh, I'm just going to... We're going to move on because, Jen, there is something we have to talk about. Yesterday, you texted me and you said, Bridger, where do you live in Los Feliz? And I gave you my address and you said, I'm headed towards you more or less. Maybe maybe it wasn't that intense. That feels a little Joe D'Angelo. Jen D'Angelo gave me a little more heads up. Eventually, you texted me. You said you're outside my apartment. So I put on some shoes. I walked down. And there you're standing holding a wrapped box a box wrapped in what appears to be gift wrap um and uh, actually backing up you had set it down on for me to safely pick up and you had also oh god there's so many now looking back on this memory there was more to it because you had asked we're, we're not we're gonna get away from this for a moment because you had requested uh a few weeks ago uh, emma thompson was on the podcast and she had given me uh what's known as some snowballs and tea cakes, some uh, treats, and had given me way too many. And you had said, if you have a, a single snowball, I'd love to try it. And I said, oh, you can certainly have a full box because I've got at least 10. So I, in this exchange, I brought down a bag of those and gave them to you. I'm curious. I also told you when I gave you the bag, unfortunately, these expired a month ago. <laughs> but... uh I'm cure. I also gave you a tea cake, which was not expired. Have you tried any of it? There's no pressure, but there's a little pressure. I've tried both of them. What did you think? Well, so the snowball was amazing. Okay, it, it was great. everything I'd hoped it would be. And even more. expired. Uh, even expired. And so far, I mean, I ate it uh, yesterday. So you know, you we're, look great. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm, if it's going to kill me, it hasn't yet. <laughs> uh, but it was funny because I opened the box. You told me they expired a month ago. Um, and I opened the box and the first one that I pulled out was completely deflated and shattered. And it looked <laughs> like absolute trash. It did not look like food. And I thought, wow, okay, they really mean it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these things just uh, self-destruct on the day. Yes. Because I was thinking, you know, it says Best Buy June 30th, right. you know, that's not a hard and fast rule. Yeah, I don't expired think, and Best Buy feel like two different things to me. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, so I, I threw that one away. But then the next one I pulled out was perfectly round. So I Beautiful. ate that. Beautiful. Okay, and it was... And it didn't taste weird. It was so good. They're lovely. I love marshmallows. Me too. I'm so excited to try it. Yeah. Right, and I feel like marshmallow lasts a lot longer than anybody gives it credit for. You know, it's a yeah. deeply unnatural product, and I think it's like kind of big <laughs> exactly. to last. I did. I got slightly worried because I was thinking, oh, it's this is from the UK, and right. I feel like other countries have better food because oh, it's not right. as loaded, not with as many so, uh, unnatural elements. Yeah, so I was thinking perhaps that Best Buy means more, right? But. Again, I'm fine. And You're it was alive. delightful. So if it does kill me, it's worth it. <laughs> Good. And for me to have killed you, look, <laughs> is there anything better? 
the, uh, yeah. the slow poisoning of Jen D'Angelo. That's... Exactly. With the help of Oscar winner Emma Thompson. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's no better way there's, to go out. Absolutely. Your husband will be talking for years. I mean, it's a good first date story for him. It's perfect. Exactly. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know. You know, we're in quarantine and expiration dates kind of have gone out the window. I read an article and it seems like expiration dates are really a little bit of nonsense unless you're dealing with like a dairy or poultry product yeah you're probably you've got a little a little give a little give room that's not a thing a little room <laughs> to wiggle wiggle room um, <laughs> we got there we got there i'll always get there that's my uh promise to you um so expiration dates everybody ignore them do what you want to do we've got to eat we've got to eat But anyway, back to our exchange yesterday, Jen. You had left this box. Uh, I picked it up and I took it in my, into my apartment and then eventually realized, oh, Jen is going to be on the podcast tomorrow. The podcast is, of course, I said no gifts. Um, so it was a little bit of a jolt to my system. And uh, I assume this gift is for me. Is that correct? It is. Do you want me to open it now on the podcast or should I wait? Um, I think you should open it now. Okay, I'm going to open it up. It's in a, um, speaking of expiration dates, uh, kind of a Christmas wrapping paper. And, uh, but there's, Christmas never expires. It's, uh, you know, it exactly. lives Christmas with us year, year round. round. <laughs> so <laughs> Christmas I'm gonna, is in your heart. Yes, it's kind of a, um, probably like a six by six inch cube. Is that the dim dimensions we're talking about here? I'm going to open it I up. I would say so. Oh, what is this? Is this, I mean, what I see right now is a box that says Tapas Cheese Fondue. It's a box with uh, two forks, a tea light. It's got everything you need to make fondue. But th there's also the chance that there's something else in this box. Is this what I'm looking at? Are we talking about fondue here or am I going to open this and there's a hamster? <laughs> we are talking about fondue here. Oh, this is fantastic. Uh... Tell me everything. Okay. Well, first of all, I'd like to say that I brought this to your home. And then as I was walking home, I remembered that you had previously said on the podcast that you are lactose intolerant. And so <laughs> now I am poisoning you. Jen, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not lactose intolerant. You aren't? No, I think somebody's been on here that's been lactose intolerant. I can eat whatever I want, not oh, to brag. Oh, I thought you had said you were lactose intolerant. Oh, I can. I mean... I'm literally no. Maybe what you're con uh, confusing with is the fact that I'm an adult who drinks milk, <laughs> because I, you know, I have uh, every night I have some milk with my cookies. So I'm as far from lactose intolerant as I'm eating cheese. Wow. I'm eating, uh, you know, yogurt, you are ice cream. Accepting. Oh, I'm fully open to lactose. I mean, I think you can lose that ability as you get older. Is that true? I think so. You become well, lactose now I have to intolerant? rethink this gift because I really, I got excited about the idea that it would hurt you. <laughs> well, that's your uncle coming through. That's yeah. your... <laughs> um, yes. Oh, I perfected the serial killer method by making it <laughs> slow and untraceable. <laughs> Over <laughs> years of fondue parties, Bridger Weinger eventually died. <laughs> At age 98, Jen strikes. <laughs> Well, I also, the other thing about this gift is that when you ask what's inside, I'm actually slightly nervous because I'll be completely honest with you. This gift is from my garage. 
There could be a whole spider's nest. There could be there could be spiders. There could be, I don't know, a mouse or something. There could really be anything. And I'm I went into my garage thinking I had a gift in mind. Okay. But I was like, oh, there's a funny piece of what is essentially trash that I could give to Bridger. <laughs> and I went into the garage looking for it. Uh and it was I know that somewhere in the garage, there is a uh, Suburbicon lunchbox <laughs> filled with other promotional Suburbicon swag. Suburbicon, now available on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I assume it's your favorite film. Of course. Wait, how did you come across this Suburbicon swag? I don't know. I thought that I have a vague memory of someone having it somewhere and being like, I don't want this. Right. And me saying, I'll take that because I feel like there's some funny use for it. Eventually uh. <laughs> cut to six or seven years later, I was going to give it to you for this podcast, but then I couldn't find it. <laughs> what a shame. Um, but my husband thinks that he had it for some reason. Well, he's a uh, suburbicon head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He spent a lot of money to buy it. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so I looked around for the Suburbicon lunchbox and then I couldn't find it. But then I found this fondue box and I thought, okay, great. A little fondue set. It's beautiful. That's fun. <laughs> Do you, have you ever made fondue? Was this like, a, I mean, in a, uh, all honesty, was this like a wedding gift? Was this a, a garage gift? Was it left in your garage <laughs> by the realtor? I think it came in the garage. <laughs> uh, I think that this actually might be uh, like a white elephant gift that oh, I got at some point. Yeah. This is an interesting um, uh, white elephant realm where it's like usable and not fully crappy, but also not usable. It's when it's in that weird area where it's like, oh yeah, this is an item that people buy. Right. It's not something you found at the, I mean, maybe it's at the dollar store. It doesn't look like it could be purchased at the dollar store. So it's like not, but then it kind of ends up in your garage. Yeah. And it's sort of like, I. it feels like if you are going to make fondue at home, that's something you probably already know about yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're not going to get the fondue set and then go, You're right. <laughs> <laughs> this has unlocked something in me that I now need yeah. to dip things in melted cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a very specific right. uh, snack. And it. But, you know, we're stuck at home. I thought maybe maybe we'll enjoy having a little tapas fondue. <laughs> you never know. I mean, it's hard to even say what size of... I mean, this looks like it could hold any level of cheese. I mean, it's a... Oh, it says 0.44 pounds. I don't know what that means. I don't know. That must be the weight of the uh, pot itself. I can't imagine that's how much cheese it holds, a quarter pound of cheese. Um, yeah, that seems... There's truly I, no telling. The thing that... I find a little bit concerning is that it comes with a tea light. Right. I don't really trust the strength of a tea light to, to melt cheese. No, I will happily put my finger in a tea light. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. that's not going to, I mean, I don't know that that's going to be the strength required to melt an entire block of cheese, unless this is something where they say, set it up three days before and allow cheese to slowly <laughs> melt. Um, which feels like it would require a little too much planning, uh, especially yeah, for this like level of uh, cheese. But this is very intriguing. Are you a cheese eater? I'm a big time cheese eater. Oh, really? I love cheese. Oh, yeah. What kind of cheese are you eating? 
<laughs> I mean, really any kind. I love a great brie. Oh, a good brie. And I feel like brie is a, um, a, a fondue cheese. Is that right? It melts easily? I don't know, actually, if it melts. Or I don't think it... Yeah, I don't know. I Every time I am required to recall a fact on a podcast, I get very nervous because I'm very <laughs> aware of people listening and screaming, going, yes, brie melts. <laughs> <laughs> but my instinct is that brie doesn't melt well. Interesting. Um, it's so soft. It is very soft. Hmm. Um, but yeah. You have I, to when wonder. I think of a melty cheese, I think of like uh, Fontina. Oh, right. <laughs> or Gruyere. Right. I feel like Gruyere is maybe a fondue. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking cheese. of Gruyere rather than... Um, yeah, maybe that's the one that I'm thinking just kind of melts no matter where you put it, uh, tea light or I'm not. Also, yeah, I'm also thinking of a baked brie, which does oh, right. get melty, but it's not super... Right. Oh, I love gooey. a baked brie. When am I going to have baked a brie. baked Great. brie next? That's really what we're asking. Hmm. <laughs> Nobody can say Make for sure. Make fun yourself. Have you ever been to one of those fondue restaurants? What's it called? Uh the melting pot. The melting pot. I was going to call the, call it the hot pot or the pot central, but the melting <laughs> pot. Have you been to one of those? Um, I have. So I, I think of myself as like a big fondue person, and yet I still. <laughs> so you're getting rid garage. of your pots. You just have a five gallon bucket. Yeah. Another thing in your garage. Yeah. I've gotten a much nicer fondue set, so I'm getting rid of the the garage one. Um, but uh, yeah, I have always thought of the melting pot as being like a really amazing restaurant. That also was where all the cool kids would go <laughs> and have their birthday parties in middle school. Oh, right. Of course. That feels very birthday party uh, yeah. focused. Um, but I never went. A okay. sad, <laughs> a sad reveal of my middle school years. <laughs> um, and so I always was like, oh, the melting pot, I bet it's so good. And then, uh, my husband and I were in Pasadena running some errand or something and there's a melting pot there. Right. Uh, and I was like, we have to go. And we went and I I'm sorry to say I, I found it horrible. <laughs> <laughs> what was so horrible about it? I just the cheese was weird. It was just a weird. It just really wasn't good. It made me question if I really like fondue at all. Wow, they're really doing a horrible job as a restaurant. If they are uh, deconverting people from fondue, they should be kind of a bridge to a life of fondue. And it sounds like they're turning people away from it. That's what you would think. I mean, it is entirely possible that I really am just not a fondue person, right. and that I really just like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> on its own, not melted over a candle. And what, I mean, I also imagine the quality of the product dipped into the fondue is important. What did they have you dipping in their fondue? I think it was just bread, mostly. I'm trying to remember what, what else there was. And yeah, I think the bread was um, maybe not so great. How is this a full restaurant if they're just serving you like old bread and low quality melted cheese. This seems insane. I mean, to there me. must have been something else. I just can't really remember. This is a few years ago, but wow. yeah, there must have been other things. But then I'm also sort of like, what else would I want to dip in cheese? Right. I mean, you don't want to. It's not like you want a little cube of chicken to be dipping in the cheese or something. That sounds yeah. horrifying. Or like a carrot or something. Like yeah. it, I just don't really know. It feels like fun. I mean, with uh, the box that this came in, it seems like people are going to be dipping some sort of, it's like a pear wrapped in 
some type of meat, some sort of, uh, oh. you know, like a, yeah. I don't know what to tell you, a thinly sliced ham or something. What, yeah, prosciutto or something. Right, exactly. So maybe that's something that the uh, fondue melting melting pot is what it's called could look into a fruit wrapped in meat that's something maybe if i were to take over the company that's what i would approach them with they're kind of the benihana of cheese would you say it's kind of i would say so there's a little bit of a showy element to it or something yeah and also like you're sort of yeah I was about to say you're doing it yourself, but you don't cook your own food at Benihana. You can just watch it be <laughs> well. That's up to as, you. Perform it as a cook. You can yeah. commandeer the grill. And... I usually try to. I'm like, <laughs> I would like to do the the onion volcano, please. <laughs> your arms are just covered in burns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Well, I uh, I look forward to trying to uh, melt some cheese, and I guess you can also do chocolate. Uh, you know, uh, melted chocolate, that's a whole other territory where you get into, like, the chocolate fountain, which I just think is a despicable de uh, invention. Um, and surely a thing of the past now. Yeah, certainly. I feel like post-COVID, no oh, one yeah, is... Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> no right. one is putting a chocolate fountain out. I mean... <laughs> Everybody's standing around without a mask, dipping something into a communal food fountain. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't quite feel right for our times, but, you know, maybe that's something we can look for. There'll be a revival maybe once we find a way to uh, vaccinate ourselves or uh, I'm maybe I buy stock in chocolate fountains now and just oh, sit yeah. back and, and watch as the money rolls in and people are going to be desperate to be sharing a fountain. I think that oh, for sure. weddings, funerals, birthday parties, you want to have a fountain of low quality <laughs> chocolate, I think. <laughs> What? I worked on a show uh, that had a chocolate fountain um, on stage every tape night. It was a multi-cam. What? Tape nights. And they would have to unplug it every time <gasps> we rolled. Oh. Ooh, so it would like, be just become still. That is a terrible idea on so many levels. It was levels. really horrible. Yeah. I can't. Uh, was it the caterer's it, idea? I guess. Yeah, it was the caterer. And were, did you ever use the fountain? Um, I did. Uh, I dipped a couple pretzels in it, and yeah, it really is just not not for me. I'm not a big chocolate person in general. Oh, and so sure, right. An intermittently running chocolate fountain, quality chocolate, is probably not going to be for me no matter what. <laughs> but maybe you place it on a dark sound stage, surrounded by strangers and people who could be running their fingers through it at any point. That's that's my pitch to you. I don't know what to say. That I mean, I bless the caterer that thought that would be a fun idea. You know, somebody thought this will be fun, and then everyone yeah. just had to go along with it. And my heart is now breaking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we all need to, Fortunately, the fountain is probably going to go away, and we don't have to worry about that strange moment in time that we all kind of went through and had to deal with. Jen, yeah, we'll no longer be terrorized. I feel yeah. like it's time to play a game. I want to play a game. Do you feel like playing Gift or a Curse or Gift Master? Oh, wow. The choice um, is yours. I think Gift or a Curse. Okay. I need a number from you between 1 and 10. 7. Okay. Time for me to go calculate. While I'm calculating the items for you for Gift or a Curse, 
you're going to do whatever you want with the microphone. You can promote something. You can recommend something. You can tear down an enemy. Do what you want to do. I'll be right back. Oh my gosh. I feel inclined to tear down an enemy, but now I'm trying to think of an enemy that I have. Uh, oh boy. Um, I'm trying to think, what do I hate right now? <laughs> hmm. Uh, I hate. Uh, oh boy, I'm really blowing it. I have the mic. This is my responsibility to fill this time. Ugh, jeez. I guess I'm going to switch to promotion. I get, okay, here's my enemy. It's social media. So I'm not going to promote my social media. I want to tear down social media. Uh, it's making me just so, uh, annoyed to look at it all the time. So, uh, this isn't funny. I thought it would be fun to tear down social media, but of course it's not. We all know, we all know what it is. Um, I'm just going to promote the idea of going on a long walk. I think that that's really nice. I feel like we could all use a long walk. So yeah, go on a long walk. Jen, you fumbled it a little there. I mean, the listener <laughs> oh God, knows Bridget, I know. I'm you you admitted sweat. it to yourself. You, uh, you, uh, it just didn't feel like you had a clear path forward. And so you struggled, but eventually recommended a nice thing, which is the long walk. Everybody yeah, get I mean, out, uh, use your legs such a wonderful form of exercise it doesn't even feel like it you're just moving yeah. along seeing the world and you just can walk around looking at stuff yeah take a look at whatever you want put in some music do you listen to music while you're walking do you listen to something um sometimes i do and sometimes i just go for a stroll right nothing right. yeah yeah for me i the music is an occasional treat but yeah. uh, for the most part, I'm doing kind of just a let's think about the world situation. But that's neither here nor there, because right now we're going to play gift or a curse. And Jen, I'm going to name three things, three items, whatever's. And then you're going to tell me if they're a gift or a curse and why. And then I'm going to tell you that you're if you're correct or incorrect, because there are correct answers. OK, so first up, gift or a curse, talking to yourself. Oof. Um... I, I mean, I think it's a gift. Why? <laughs> I can't really. Oh boy, this is a real indictment of uh, UCB. I'm a formally trained <laughs> improviser, and I'm floundering. I'm always looking for a reason to indict UCB. You know, let's put the training to work, Jen. You've just committed to telling everyone that you think talking to yourself is a gift. What's something, what's such a gift about it? Well, I was thinking that like, you know, it implies that like you're never really going to be bored with yourself if you're sort of able to uh, fill the space a little bit. Like, I think that like, if you're not talking to yourself, are you just sort of like standing in a dark room, staring at a wall <laughs> with no <laughs> thoughts in your head at all? Right, right. But of course, talking to yourself can go very dark very, very quickly. Right. If you're really having like a real conversation or a back and forth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, do you have anything else to say about talking to yourself or do you want to know the truth? <laughs> I'm going to say one last thing in defense of talking to yourself as a gift. Okay. I feel like I do it 
for example, like when I'm looking for something and I'll just be like, oh, where did I leave that thing? It wasn't over there. And it helps me just sort of like sort through my thought process. Oh, and I think that that's a good sure. use of it. Right. right. Um, well, so yeah, that's all I have to say now, please. I have a feeling you're going to tell me I'm wrong. Jen, I'm just going to come right out and tell you, you are absolutely right. Talking to yourself is a gift. I love talking to myself. I mean, maybe it's also a curse in the fact that it's just it, with each passing year, I talk more to myself to the point that like I catch myself, you know, wandering around the uh, grocery store, almost saying something to myself. And at that point, that's I think that's when we get into curse territory. But for the most part. Everybody should be talking to themselves. I mean, there's also the, you know, the, it can get negative quickly. There's a lot of uh, me insulting myself or, you know, a lot of that sort of behavior, which is probably <laughs> probably not the route you want to take with talking to yourself. But uh, I, th I think we should all just be happy to talk to ourselves. It's a nice, you know, you get to use your voice. You know, maybe you go, you're in quarantine, you have no one else to talk to. Four days have passed, you haven't said a word. You've got you to gotta keep the engine running. It's like a car. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Say something to yourself. Uh, you can try out a new yeah. voice. You can try out an accent. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And talking to yourself, I think, that, you know, it's been a little bit... Uh, it, as a society, we've demonized talking to yourself or made it seem like it's kind of a shameful thing to do. But in reality, why not say something yeah. to yourself? If you don't want to talk to yourself, who else is going to want to? Right. Yes. You've got to learn to talk to yourself before other people can talk to you. <laughs> I think that's the yeah. rule. <laughs> okay, Jen. Congratulations on getting one right. But we're moving you, on wow. to number two. Now, this is an interesting one. We'll see if you have any opinion whatsoever. Gift or a curse? Roller coaster tycoon. Gift. I love roller coaster tycoon. Oh, wow, you're right out of the gate. So you do have an opinion on roller coaster tycoon and why? Yes. Um, so here's the thing with roller coaster tycoon. One, it's fun. It's fun to build a little theme park. It's fun to run a little business. Uh, and also, it really reveals to you who you are. Because in a sense, in Roller Coaster Tycoon, you are God. <laughs> yes. Uh, you are omnipotent, omnipresent. <laughs> you know everything that's going on. And you can do whatever you want. And so, uh, for example, when I was playing Roller Coaster Tycoon, I learned that I... Am potentially a monster who only cares about money because every time it rained in my park, I would make the umbrellas cost $20 because people <laughs> would buy it no matter what. <laughs> um, and then sometimes it would be fun to just make my park uh, complete ruin uh, and fire all the janitors and just let there be trash and vomit everywhere and then watch people complain. And then you clean it all up and then everyone's happy again. Right. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you get to just do whatever you want. There's no consequences. And then you can learn sort of your, uh, you know, worse impulses and, and correct them in your real life. Right. And were you ever like sending some like a roller coaster shooting off the track and then it blows up halfway across oh, the park? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jen, I feel like you've made a good statement about Roller Coaster Tycoon here. So... I have to reveal that Roller Coaster Tycoon is a curse. 
an absolute <laughs> curse because it's so wonderful. I love Roller Coaster Tycoon, but unfortunately, I can't remember the last time I was able to play Roller Coaster Tycoon because I don't think that it's available anywhere. So it's kind of this haunting thing. Bridger, what? I'm sorry to tell you, you can get it on your phone. But wait. I, in fact, have it on my phone. You're kidding me. What? What? Wait, but this, I can't imagine it's the real Roller Coaster Tycoon. RCT Classic. What? <gasps> I'm looking at Roller Coaster Tycoon right now. She's showing it to me on her phone, and it looks like just regular Roller Coaster Tycoon. <gasps> is this a park you've built? Yeah. <laughs> this is a gorgeous desert uh, theme park. Wow. Oh gosh, what? Thank you so much. <laughs> well, this is going to this is going to now actually just going to double down on curse because it's going to be on my phone, and I'm going to my life is going to fall apart. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this is huge news. I love Roller Coaster Tycoon, and to the point that I think it's a, I mean, it's been a haunting uh, thing for me for years because I didn't know how to play it. Here we go. So now you've given me a gift that will eventually. Now we're just, uh, yeah, this this round of Gift of a Curse is kind of a, starts as a gift, becomes a curse. So, uh, as anything can, I guess, very true, very true. Well, oh, wow. The revel, I mean, I am, my head is spinning right now. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's what I'll be doing after the podcast. So, uh, I look forward to that. Okay. So you've gotten one out of two so far. So you've got, uh, you're headed towards the final, the final uh, item here, gift or a curse, eating family style. Now, do you know what I'm referring to here? Yes. Okay. I, for me, this is a gift because I like eating um, a little bit of a lot of things. Right. I love a tapas meal. Uh, I love just diversity of dishes. So family style is exciting for me because you just get a bunch of stuff and then you sort of make your own plate. Right, right. But uh, but now I'm thinking it can be a curse because sometimes there's not enough. You have to think about the ratio of stuff and how much you're taking and will, if you're leaving enough for everyone. Oh boy. I say personal gift, societal curse. I don't, I'm not accepting that answer. I need a one or the other, Jen. I'm not going to budge. I'm gonna, I said gift first. I'll stick with gift. Jen, huge news. Enormous news. It's a gift. I think eating at family style is absolutely a gift. I mean, with tapas, you get into some tricky territory because it always feels like there's not enough. It's, you know, you're really... But let's head over to a Chinese restaurant or, or you know, uh, a place where the plates are full of food there's no fear of not getting what you want and you get to try a little bit of everything or try a lot of bit of everything i think but i don't feel like anybody wants to eat family style anymore i feel like i'm just constantly caught in a trap when i go out with friends where everybody orders their own thing it's every person for themselves and i'm i'm staring desperately at these other plates of food that i'd love to try that i'll never get to i'll have to come back to the restaurant I love oh to gosh, eat family what style. Cutthroat friends you have. I've got a lot of bad people in my life, and starting today, I'm going to be cutting them out one by one. Using maybe I'll start invite. Well, you know, we're still COVID, but and family style again is adjacent to a chocolate fountain where everybody's touching everything. But uh, once we're able to uh, do family style again, I'm going to start. Uh, I'm just going to have to start testing people in my life. I don't know what else to say, Jen. You got two out of three. Some people get zero out of three. Some people very rarely 
excuse me, get three out of three. So I think you're, you know, you're, uh, you're, I guess that's a passing grade and I'm proud of you. That's all I have to say. Thank you so much. That's all I wanted. Now, so I, I feel like I can trust you now. We're going to answer a couple of questions. This is called I Said No Questions. People are writing into I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. They've got questions about gifts, usually about something that they, you know, someone in their life needs a gift and they want to give it to them. They need the advice of strangers. So would you help me answer a couple of questions? Of course. Let's do it. Okay, here's the first one. Dear Bridger, I was recently dumped by my boyfriend of five months. I'm heartbroken. He would now, he, he would now like to gift me a table. He wants to hand make this table himself. What the hell does that mean? And should I accept the handmade table? All the best, Catherine. Catherine, this uh, question takes a quick turn. Uh, this boyfriend, or I mean, let's see, it's been five months. Uh, this feels psychotic to me. I'm just going to put it all out there. This, I mean, <laughs> I don't, what, why does he want to give you a table? Did, was that the breaking point of the relationship that you didn't have a table? Yeah, I, my gut instinct is absolutely no. That seems <laughs> like he's trying to be like, yes, we broke up, but I'm still a nice man. Look, I've given you this handmade table. <laughs> this unwieldy piece of furniture. Yeah, that will that remind you, you of me. At, yeah, to, I, you gotta say no, unless to, yeah, unless you were like uh, that was the real sticking point was right. that he had never made a table, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you're itching for a table. But I mean, what I'm I, what I'm seeing here is suddenly, Catherine, and uh, my heart goes out to you. This guy uh, shouldn't have broken up with you. You listen to the podcast. You're a good person. Um, you're going to be, I mean, are you going to be eating meals alone at this table that this jerk has made for you? I don't, if he's willing to put in the effort to make a handmade piece of furniture, I don't know. Maybe he's going to put a recording device in it. That's something else you have to be worried about. I, um. Yeah, it could be a Trojan horse. Right. Or it could also be, you know, he puts uh, bed bugs in it and it's there to destroy you. This guy is Much not. Much like the spiders I put in the fondue kit. Right. <laughs> You don't. Yeah, this guy uh, has to be trusted. Yeah, that's a weird move uh, by uh, whatever his name is. And I would not accept a handmade table unless, it, uh, you know, I was getting it from a divorce. And uh, I was like demanding that our beloved table came to me. But uh, the also, ex. Mm -mm. I guess one other potential situation here that we're not considering is that this man is a renowned furniture maker and this table oh, would be worth a lot of money very true this could be a money-making opportunity yes if you think it's going to be an incredible table that you can sell for money oh then sure take it absolutely this is what you do Catherine. you say of course i want the table and then say bring it over saturday morning so he's going to be bringing it over saturday and say leave it on the lawn he leaves it on the lawn suddenly you've got the beginnings of a garage sale put everything else you want to sell out there you're at least going to sell the table you're going to make a little bit of money off you should at least come out of this relationship with a little bit of extra cash sell the table absolutely accept this gift i'm sorry that we even considered the other things this yeah. guy is making you uh, you could become a furniture salesperson that's I a have gift. one other suggestion oh, okay <laughs> and this is a little evil <laughs> oh i'm excited but <laughs> On the off chance that Catherine, if this man really 
broke your heart or anything and you are uh, inclined to get some sort of revenge, <laughs> you should say, absolutely, I would love to have the table. Just so you know, I've moved. And then you give him the address of some sort of far away <laughs> field. <laughs> so he goes through all the trouble of making the table and then coming to deliver it. And you've sent him just on a wild goose chase. And then he just has a table. That's great. He's rented a moving That's the van. Scenario. <laughs> yeah. But then it's I also in. do think, Catherine, you'll have to move because now you've got an angry ex-boyfriend with a table to spare. And That's true. who knows what's going to happen in that case. But I mean... It might be worth sending him to an, an empty field with the yeah, table. Yeah, if you're inclined to get revenge and start your life anew in a new city with a new name, <laughs> you can do it that way. Beautiful. Catherine, you have so many options here. It boggles my mind. Move forward with one of those plans and, uh, you know, go find somebody who's not going to make you a table after he breaks up with you. Next question. Okay, this says, uh, hello, Bridger. I need help finding the perfect gift for my fiance on our wedding day. I want to start our marriage off strong by giving him a thoughtful gift as we separately primp for our vows. We'll be getting married at a private wooded elopement with just us, an officiant and a photographer. My fiance is my soulmate and we've been together almost 10 years, so I want it to be special. I thought it would be cool to give him something he could actually wear at the wedding, like cufflinks, but that doesn't seem like a soulmate gift. What's the right gift? Please help. Warm regards, Jordan. Jordan, just reading through this email, I'm, I'm saying you're going to be in the woods. You want him to be wearing something. I, I mean, what better? I mean, let's just start off with a cloak. If you're going to be standing in the woods getting married, uh, that feels you've got a photographer. Suddenly, you've got kind of an elven wedding. Does that feel yeah. right? I mean, that's at least somewhere to begin. Yes, some sort of ceremonial cloak, for sure. <laughs> it's a beautiful um, velvet cloak, any color you choose, maybe a jewel tone. Yes, a jewel tone, yes. And then some sort of jewel, probably brooch. Oh, I of. love that. That's um, Jordan, I have to say, this is, uh, this is uh, meant to be that this question has come in. I uh, married someone who I had been with for nine years. And I also got very stressed about what to give him on our wedding day because oh. it is a very stressful thing. You feel like it has to be something so great and indicative of your love, but yet you've probably exchanged many gifts up until then. Right. <laughs> and you have all these other things to worry about. Um, I went with, we did not exchange vows in our ceremony. Okay. So I wrote our vows in a little notebook and gave that to him uh, with the promise of going on a trip. Uh, that he really wanted to go on. So it was like, we'll go on this trip. Uh, so yeah, you could always go for some sort of experience thing. That's lovely. Um, yeah. What uh, what trip did you go on? Can I pry? <laughs> it's my podcast. Um, well, he actually never even wound up going on it. But <laughs> <laughs> A marriage uh, built on lies. Yes, it's built completely on lies. Um, he was... Uh, writing a project uh that was based in panama and i had gone on a couple trips by myself uh during our relationship but he had never done that okay. and so i was like you can go to panama and uh as like a research and like solo trip experience which will be very great oh. but then he wound up going to italy by himself so that's oh. where it fulfilled the, oh, the solo trip. okay that wow that's awesome. a wonderful gift 
Yeah. I think that's a very important thing for couples, especially as you go on a trip by yourself every once in a while. I think that that truly separating, uh, having separate experiences from each other that you can then discuss is infinitely more valuable than, well, I mean, the one thing more valuable is a cloak, but um, otherwise, this is a solid number two. I think that that's a great, I mean, maybe, you know, we're in quarantine, it's hard to travel right now, but you get him like, let's say you're giving him a trip to the Alps, you buy him a ski jacket and say, you're going skiing in the Alps, or apparently the Alps is the only vacation destination I can think of. I've never been there. But... And probably the hardest place to get to now and for quite some time. <laughs> but I mean, the promise of that is something that uh, Jordan's fiance can really look forward to. Yeah. Or another destination. Maybe it's or some Reno. some sort of road trip or something. Oh, Reno. road trip. Maybe you buy him a motorcycle and send him across the country. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, vacation. But again, the cloak thing. is... The cloak is really hard to beat. Maybe, Jordan, you wear the cloak in order to reveal to him that he's going on an all-expense-paid trip. <laughs> yes, the inside of the cloak is the map <laughs> that you'll follow. <laughs> you give him a cloak and send him to New Zealand, where they filmed Lord of the Rings. Oh, Who yeah, cares if he likes the movies or the books? It's still, it's still a just pretty to walk around. And they're having a wonderful time right now. They don't have COVID. I mean, yeah. as of recording time. Um, yeah, I think we've answered the question. We've nailed both of these in such a huge way that my heart is pounding, Jen. I appreciate <laughs> this your should help. be our new business. This should be our business. This is our new uh, advice business. And uh, feel free to reach out to me and we'll get your credit card information and everything will work out. Um, AdviceCalifornia.net. <laughs> This is Windows.net. Windows to the world.net by Jen and Bridger. Coming soon. Um, Jen, good grief. What a wonderful time I've had with you. It's so lovely to getting to chat uh, despite not being able to do it in person. I mean, the last time I did see you was outside of the podcast studio, weirdly enough, uh, pre-COVID. And I said, Jen, I want you to be on the podcast thinking, oh, eventually we'll get to record this in a studio. Flash forward to months and months later here we are with your new windows that's all we can do right now we're all trying our best yeah, we're all doing our best <laughs> thank you so much for being here thank you for this fondue so set i'm uh, i, I look enjoy. forward to either making fondue or putting it in a garage one or the other it's gonna happen <laughs> i mean i am disappointed that it isn't going to cause you intestinal distress i thought it might <laughs> plenty but... of other things will find their way to do it so great you know, whatever <laughs> Well, everybody, uh, I hope you're going to just go out and have a wonderful day. I hope you've uh, reached whatever destination you're headed to or cleaned whatever dish that you were washing at the beginning of this podcast. And I'm going to send you out into the world um, just having a lovely time. So take care of yourself. Goodbye. I Said No Gifts isn't exactly a right production. It's engineered by Earth Angel Stephen Ray Morris. The theme song is by Miracle Worker Amy Mann. Uh, you can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at I Said No Gifts. And if you have a question or need help getting a gift for someone in your life, email me at I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're at it? I invited you here I thought I made myself perfectly clear 
So how do you dare to survive? 